Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is October 4th, 2021, and our first story, massive chanting of F. Joe Biden erupts across the country at major sporting events as independent voters and regular people say no to the Democrats and their agenda. In our next story, a skateboarder vandalized the idol to George Floyd in New York, showing that people in New York have a very distinct, separate culture from the rest of Americans. They've already soft seceded. In our last story, Only 10 violations have been issued in response to vaccine mandates, yet almost everyone in New York immediately complied and began enforcing the mandates, proving if they just stood up and said no, there would be no vaccine mandate. Now, if you like the show, leave us a good review, share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into the first story. It's hard to trust modern polling. Sometimes they'll ask you questions that are tricks. For instance, they'll say something like, do you support allocating tax revenue towards infrastructure and new energy initiatives in the United States? And most people would be like, yeah, that sounds good. And then all of a sudden they say X percent of people support the Green New Deal. Now there's a poll coming out. 89%, they'll say, because most people agree with it. They could also ask this. Would you agree with a massive expansion of government authority, restrictions on the private sector to take money from private citizens to put into experimental new technologies in an effort to stave off climate change? And you will get a dramatically different response. Then all of a sudden they'll say only 47 percent support the Green New Deal. Yeah, it's trickery often, not always. So I don't usually just support any one poll. I like consistent polling and I like aggregate polling. More so, I like aggregate polling. So when I look at the approval rating of, say, a Donald Trump or a Joe Biden, I like to use the real clear politics average or 538. They say real clear politics is kind of like centrist or right leaning. 538 is left leaning. And you can see they're fairly similar, but usually 538 is left leaning. Well, we don't need any polls, my friend, to know that the Democrats are in serious trouble, that they're in panic and that uh, 2022 could be a red wave. In fact, maybe it's not even fair to say a red wave. It would just be a red great flood. The Democrats should be preparing an arc by now because across the country, thunderous chants of F Joe Biden are breaking out. Hilariously, over this weekend, at I think it was a NASCAR event, at a racing event, 
People were chanting F Joe Biden. And the anchor says they're cheering for you, saying, let's go, Brandon. I wonder if this anchor was trying to protect Biden, didn't know what to do because they were on TV saying the F word or something, couldn't repeat it. Or if the individual just maybe they genuinely didn't understand. Maybe she thought they were saying, let's go, Brandon. Independent voters are going nuclear on Democrats. And boy, is it bad. See, Democrats are going to support a Democrat. A Democrat voter says Biden good no matter what. They say Democratic Party good no matter what. And it's, it's scary. But it's the independent voters that are supporting them, which are really scary to me, because that's the middle ground support they need to push their agenda, which is failing. Kirsten Sinema, Joe Manchin, Democrats in moderate to Republican states. And they're saying no, because independent voters are like, dude, we will vote you out. We will not support this. It's getting so bad that activists chased cinema into a bathroom. Man, could you imagine you're like in class, you're a teacher, and you're like, oh, man, I got to go. I, I, don't worry, I can hold it, I can hold it. And you're going to the bathroom and they follow, they filmed her the whole time. These people are psychotic, mind you. We don't need polls to show us that regular people across this country at all these different sporting events and stadiums screaming F Joe Biden. Uh, we, we, we don't need the polls to tell us how people feel about him. These are, this is it. This is regular America. And it's happening all over the place. And there are a lot of reasons people are upset. The economy's in shambles. COVID's not getting any better. They got vaccinated twice, put on their masks, and nothing's changed. Many of them probably feel really stupid. They said, we'll all get back to normal if you just do as you're told. Just get the vaccine. It'll all be back to normal. And they did. Nothing's back to normal. Now they're probably frustrated. I mean, we're seeing protests all over the country in the U.S. We're not seeing riots yet. We don't have the same kind of authoritarianism as some of these countries. But in Europe, it's actually not as bad. And more people are rioting. Where's New York? That's what's fascinating to me. You look at France. I mean, they protest all the time, but isn't the left on board with the mandates? No, they're rioting. Amsterdam, rioting. Germany, rioting across the board. But New York, nope. Nope. They just give in and capitulate. And it's unfortunate because we have the left, which is mostly saying, shut up. You better do what they tell you. And then you have the freedom faction, the liberty minded faction saying, screw them. But you're, you're better off just doing what they tell you. Because when I come out and say things like you should not comply, and you should resist. People are like, Tim, you're putting people at risk. It's like, OK, dude, well, look, I'll do what I do. You do what you do. But this is what you get. At the very least, we're seeing the sentiment bubble up. So let's read this news and figure out why people are chanting F Joe Biden. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com, become a member to get access to exclusive members only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as my friends, members only segments from Tales from the Inverted World, our new show. Oh, you can't actually see it because uh, the menu is blocked by my head. But anyway, on the channel side, you will see we have a new show. It is a paranormal mysteries show, investigative reporting by Shane Cashman. So far, the intro episode is up, but we're going to be doing members only long form conversations into conspiracy theories, ghost stories, cryptids, and that'll be once a week. You'll also get an ad free experience. So definitely become a member. But don't forget to subscribe to this channel, like this show, share the show with your friends. Let's read this story from the Daily Caller. Thunderous F. Joe Biden chant breaks out during the Titans-Jets games. Fans at the Jets slash Titans game Sunday broke out into an anti-Joe Biden chant. During the NFL matchup, fans started loudly chanting F. Joe Biden, 
And it might be one of the most thunderous versions of the chance against the president we've seen all season. You can watch the video. Another day goes by and another sporting event has fans chanting F Joe Biden. At this point, you can pretty much set your watch to it. Saturday, fans at a NASCAR event busted out into F Joe Biden. And the saying was booming Sunday when the Jets and Titans played. As I've said too many times to count at this point, I don't think these chants will be stopping at any point near the future. Now, here's where it gets funny. At the NASCAR game, they say NBC reporter attempts damage control as NASCAR fans chant F Joe Biden. NBC sports reporter Kelly Stavist responded to an awkward situation when she interviewed winning NASCAR driver Brandon Brown against a backdrop of race fans chanting F Joe Biden. I would just like to pause for one moment and express my personal sentiment towards not just F. Joe Biden, but the Democratic Party, the establishment elites, and everybody who is enforcing the insane fascistic system we are seeing today. The incident was filmed on NBC Sports after Brandon Brown secured the win at Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama on Saturday. Brown, clearly still pressing his win, said, oh my God, this is just everything we've hoped and dreamed for. Everything I've ever wanted to do is take the trophy home to mom and dad. Stavis noted the chants coming from the crowd when the camera shifted to the bleachers after Brown thanked his sponsors. As you can hear the chants from the crowd, let's go, Brandon, said the quick thinking reporter. Oh, this is Newsweek. They're saying straight up this reporter was just lying to people because she didn't want to admit they're saying F Joe Biden. Yikes. The crowd, however, was chanting F Joe Biden. Stavis quickly moved to deflect any further attention from the crowd and ask Brown more about the race. It is the latest case where anti-Biden chants have been heard at sporting events across the country. The chant was also heard at the Ryder Cup this week as fans celebrated the U.S. Now, look, you tell me NASCAR fans are saying this, and I'm like, yeah, they're probably more right-leaning. But football, sporting events, I'll tell you, man, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, David Portnoy uh, because, for one, he's an entrepreneur, he's successful. You may be familiar with him. He's the barstool sports guy. I think he's kind of... You know, he's often a a jerk, but that's why I'm a fan of the guy. For one, greatly successful, and that's something we can all appreciate in entrepreneurship. But when it comes to the woke insanity, this dude outright is like, screw off. Again, I say this with everybody, far from perfect. They call him lettuce hands because he bought meme stocks and failed. But I bring him up because nearby, we got a casino out here, and we like to go hang out there every so often. They have, you know, the horse races, which we just, you know, we, we, we haven't watched before, but we, we had a, a good time this past weekend just watching the horses race. And Barstool Sports is doing special events with a lot of these casinos. And so now you've got Barstool all over the place and pictures of David Portnoy as part, Portnoy is part of this advertising campaign. And I'm talking to my friends while we're there, and I'm like, you notice this guy is anti-woke. He smack talks these people all the time on Twitter. He refuses to back down. They say that Barstool is racist and sexist and all these things. And he says, I don't care. Shut up. And here he is making more money, being more successful. Because I will tell you this. When you go to the horse race, when you go to sport, sport betting, when you go to the casino, these are regular people. They're not on Twitter. They don't care about this crackpot stupidity. And at least where we live, we go to the casino. No vax mandates, no mask mandates. That's why I live in West Virginia. You can also go up to New Hampshire. We have freedom there. You know, if you want to live in New York, that's already soft, seceded from the union by mandating certain people aren't welcome there and can't use certain services, or California that outright said the federal government has no authority over immigration in their state, which effectively is a soft secession in, in, in many ways. The emperor has no clothes. 
You can live wherever you want, believe whatever you want. I live somewhere where we got some freedom and I'll stick around and I, and I will, I will, I will, I will vote. I will fight for it. I will build that culture. You want to live in these other places? Fine. Go ahead. I'm at this casino and we're seeing this stuff. And I'm like, isn't it amazing that this dude told the, the U.S. Twitterati, the woke rage lunatics to shut up. And here he is even more successful, more successful than ever. See, that's the point. When you stand up for yourself, you win. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Unfortunately, there are too many people on whatever this side is, the liberty side, who say, I understand why you shouldn't stand up for yourself. It might be too risky. You better just do what you're told. Okay. All right. I'll tell you this. Here you go, my friends. When Fauci says the U.S. has an independent spirit, but now is the time to do what you're told. Okay. You want to you wanna lick, lick the feet of Fauci? Go ahead and do so. I'm not going to do it. I don't care. I'd be right here with these people in the stadiums chanting F Joe Biden, F the establishment. It's amazing. <laughs> we never heard that about Trump. They booed him when he went to the Nationals game. That's D.C., though. Still, it does say a lot when even in D.C. at a, at a stadium event, they'll boo Donald Trump. Regular people. These are not Twitterati. They may be more left leaning, maybe Democrats, and they don't like Trump. But I'll tell you, man, the Republicans on the right should have seen this would have been important. Still, I think for a lot of reasons, people still voted for Trump in large numbers because they represent he may be a bad dude, but he's certainly better than Joe Biden. And that's why it's happening everywhere. They even go on to mention the president was booed by fans at the congressional baseball game. One of the few occasions where a somewhat friendly atmosphere by Democrats and Republicans is attempted. They booed the guy. He surprised, shut up and they boo. Here we go. This is the bad news for Biden. New poll shows Joe Biden is hemorrhaging support among critical voter demographics. Now, like I said, we don't need polls. We can just look at any sporting event and see what people are saying. We get it. And an individual poll isn't all that isn't, isn't enough. However, there's still some insight from the blaze. They write alarm bells should be going off in the White House after a new poll showed that President Joe Biden is hemorrhaging support among a voter demographic critical to winning presidential elections. Oh, and mind you, it's not just him. It's the Democrats in the midterms. Associated Press NORC poll shows that Biden's approval rating sits at 50 percent, while his disapproval rating stands at 49 percent in this particular poll. Biden's approval has tanked nearly 10 points since July, when the same survey found Biden's approval rating to be 59 percent. But the real story is how poorly Biden is viewed by independent voters, the demographic critical to winning the White House. Since July, Biden has hemorrhaged more than 20 points among independent voters. Only 38% of independents now approve of Biden, according to the poll, whereas 62% approved of him just two months ago. 
among black Americans. Biden's support has cratered from 86% to 64 in just two months. The AP tried to soften the blow by characterizing the massive decrease as Biden's support among black Americans having dipped somewhat. In its story covering the bad news for Biden, the AP attempted to draw blame toward the former president, Donald Trump. However, Trump cannot be blamed for Biden's self-inflicted wounds. Not only is Biden facing massive legislative battles on Capitol Hill that are not going in his favor, but COVID-19 has ranged on under his leadership, as is the border crisis, which has generated bipartisan blame. Biden has also presided over a botched Afghanistan withdrawal, which resulted in more American casualties. And don't forget a major escalating economic crisis. And please, I hope you are paying attention. So we had this guy, some financial expert, came out last week and said, October, we will see the biggest market crash in history. Maybe. I don't know for sure. But it's interesting. We often talk about hyperinflation. I say things like, man, I sure don't want to have U.S. dollars. But let's think about what happens if the market totally crashes and the value of everything plummets. It's possible that happens, but very, very unlikely. What I think might actually happen is the cost of goods will absolutely skyrocket. Shortages, supply lines are being constrained and falling apart. Shipping containers off the coast of, uh, of the Southern California area. I believe that's San Pedro. I could be wrong. Backed up. 40 ships can't get in. We're not getting supplies. There's no truckers, my friends. The infrastructure has collapsed. It, it happened. When a tsunami happens, let's say a meteor slams into the ocean or whatever astral body the name is. I don't know. Meteorite, meteor. It will create a tsunami. But you can see the explosion, the water fly up in the air. And then you're standing there for a while saying, now what? And you'll go knock on doors and say, something just hit the water and I'm pretty sure a tsunami is coming. And people will look around and be like, what are you talking about? Everything's fine. Everything's totally fine. And you can knock on as many doors as you like, but people won't listen. My be- the best thing you can do is get to higher ground. Maybe at higher ground, you can get on a bullhorn and say, yeah, everybody get to higher ground, sound the alarms. Some people just won't believe you. They'll say nothing's happening. The country is fine. Economy is fine. And that's what Democrats are saying. But soon, rapidly, that tsunami will approach and people will be, well, too late. It's too late. That's what I think is happening. Take a look at this from Yahoo News, Yahoo Finance. Christmas at risk. A supply chain disaster only gets worse. It's the beginning of October. Just the start of what the retail world simply calls peak. But the industry is already in various forms of panic that usually don't take hold until the weeks before Christmas. Early in the year, the hope was that the bottlenecks that gummed up the global supply chain in 2020 would be mostly cleared by now. They've actually only gotten worse, much worse. And evidence is mounting. The holiday season is at risk. Across Europe, retailers such as H&M can't meet demand because of delivery delays. In the U.S., Nike cut its sales forecast after COVID triggered factory closures. In Vietnam, wiped out months of production. Bed Bath & Beyond stock plunged and shipping woes, with Chief Executive Officer Mark Tritton warning that disruptions would last well into next year. There is pressure across the board, and you will hear about that from others. COVID outbreaks have idled port terminals. There still aren't enough cargo containers, causing prices to spike tenfold from a year ago. Labor shortages have stalled trucking, have stalled trucking and pushed U.S. job openings to all-time highs. And that was before UPS, Walmart, and others embark on hiring hundreds of thousands of seasonal workers to take on a peak of the peak. Quote, I've been doing this for 43 years, and I've never seen it this bad. 
said Isaac Larian, founder and CEO of MG Entertainment, one of the world's largest toy makers. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong at the same time. Please pay attention. Mike Cernovich says, stock up on food and water. It's not going to get better here and most likely will get much worse. I, I just don't get it. You know, the left, these leftists like to take a few of my sillier predictions or hyperbole and act like that exemplifies all of the predictions I've made. When in reality, I would say I have a tendency to be more right than wrong. What that means is sometimes people are more wrong than right. Don't bet on them. Don't invest in them. Sometimes people are more right than wrong. Those are the good investments. What have I been saying over the past several years? It's not that we have a guarantee of civil war, conflict, crisis, economic collapse. It's that everything is escalating with no sign of de-escalation. Please, I beg of you, give me a reason to believe things will come back down. They'll calm down. But every single day, escalation. They say the vaccines will get us back to normal. Okay, let's do it. What happens? Escalation. Now you need a booster shot. It just keeps escalating with no sign of slowing down. Some guy just got arrested because he shot a proud boy in, in, in Portland. No sign of de-escalation. Unless, of course, you want to say, well, at least they didn't kill the guy. They tried. They tried to do it. It's escalating. You know, so they, 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 they can pull the clips of me saying, you know, we're looking at potentially a 49 state landline for Don, landslide for Donald Trump. Landline. Landslide if Trump does X, Y, or Z. And make it seem like I literally was saying Trump would win 49 states when I was actually being figurative because it was a meme. Some instances, I do believe Trump could have won a 49 state landslide, like legalizing marijuana, appointing Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang, creating this massive bipartisan support and telling the establishment to screw off. But for the most part, 49 state landslide was a meme. But let's talk about food shortages getting worse. Labor shortages uh -huh, predicted all of this conflict crisis. It's remarkable to me that there are still naysayers. Even after a thousand people stormed into the Capitol and the left firmly believes there was an insurrection, they still question me saying civil war. Now that's cognitive dissonance. Now I don't know what happens. I don't know where we go. But look at what they're saying. It, everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Now people, I believe, are using Joe Biden as a symbol of what they think is wrong. Now don't get me wrong. The buck stops with the leadership. Joe Biden is one of, is, is I, I think he may be the worst president we've ever had in terms of, you know, his job. Woodrow Wilson might be the worst in terms of like sabotaging the country and burning it to the ground. But that's a whole other story. Yet Joe Biden may be the worst we've had in terms of inability to actually save this country or do anything good for it. Perhaps the real answer is Joe Biden's intentionally tanking it. I've been, I watched all of 30 Rock recently. You got to watch that episode where Jack Donaghy, the, the, the head of the network, NBC, is purposefully trying to tank the network. And so he's making all of these really awful shows that are like offensive and don't make sense, like God Cop. A detective's new partner is God and it just makes no sense. That's what it feels like. Like Biden's in the White House and he's like, let's tank it. We're going to tank the country. That way we can change it. That's the mentality. The left has long said the activists, they want to tear it down so they can, you know, from the ashes of the old, we will build anew. That's what they've said to me during since Occupy Wall Street. So here we go. Take a look at this. They say retailers are having a really hard time filling their shelves. I talk to a lot of suppliers and they're telling me I just can't fill all the orders I'm getting. On the supplier side, Jay Foreman's been making toys with manufacturing partners in China for more than three decades, and he's never seen anything like this. 
His mid-sized toy company, Basic Fun, is on pace for its best year ever, possibly reaching 170 million in sales. There is no shortage of demand, with parents loading up on gifts as the pandemic drags on. But a dearth of cargo containers has left thousands of the company's light brights and tinker toys waiting to be shipped. At just one factory in Shenzhen, Shenzhen, there's roughly $8 million worth of finished goods that could fill 140 containers. People want stuff, but people can't get stuff. Now, toys, silly. But here's what happens. Christmas time is a time of mass purchasing. And it's not just about objects. We're, we're in October. November is massive feasting. And for, for that whole month, basically, people aren't productive. Then December comes around, and it's feasting and consumerism. There is going to be a massive surge in demand with no supply. Now, that could be good, I suppose. But with limited supply and massive demand, don't be surprised when the costs of your food skyrockets or just outright becomes unavailable. Here's a story from Thrillist. More food shortages are coming this fall. You might have to get a little creative with your Thanksgiving menu. Here's a sign as an image. It says demand for this product is extraordinarily high. They say, as we near the holidays, there's a looming threat hanging over our heads, and that, my friends, is the fear of food shortages. So what's the deal exactly? Why are we facing such an unfortunate fate? According to Food and Wine, it's largely driven by a labor shortage affecting the supply chain. It was difficult sourcing product during the pandemic last year, but it is equally as difficult now, CEO of Stu Leonard's told today. But we are seeing a shortage with fresh product like turkeys for Thanksgiving, fresh fish, and center-cut steaks like ribeye and porterhouse. It's even more challenging now to find people who want to work on farms than it was before. We're perennially short-handed, executive director of the Center for Dairy Excellence, Jane Seabright, told the AP. As a result, processed plants can't crank out as much chicken, turkey, and other meats, which means grocery stores won't have as much in stock. With aluminum also facing a crisis, customers can expect fewer canned goods. With a lack of materials to store the food, including vegetable soup, even drinks like soda and teas, producers will have to rethink their packaging or work with what they've got. Sit down, my friends, and listen as Tim tells you a story of 18 months where the crises have only gotten worse. They said to us, it will be but 15 days to slow the spread. The restrictions and lockdowns escalated until the summer. Now it's fair to point out a lot of states opened back up, but new restrictions took their places mask and vaccine mandates. So effectively still locked down unless you're in compliance. Many people just bend the knee. Yet still, even after all of that, we still have the shortages, the labor crisis, the failings in government, the fighting in the streets. At what point do you say, hmm, it doesn't seem like things are getting better, even after we've done what we're told? Even after things were supposedly changing for the better and the, and the COVID rates were going down and the vaccine arrived, things haven't gotten better. Boy, the people who believed complying would result in something improving must feel stupid right about now. But I can say it every day. I can say it all the time. Complying, giving in won't result in your life being secure. It'll just be a slow, you know, you're sinking in quicksand. Far be it from me to be the arbiter of morality, because they tell me on Twitter, Tim, you are but a fool who doesn't understand. You don't have a family. You can take all the risks in the world. I will sacrifice my freedom because this time, this one time, the security will stay. Or is it possible 
that everything you're giving up will just result in further collapse. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Far be it for me to tell you how to live. That's the point. I'll do my thing. And you know, it's like the story of the grasshopper and the ants. Winter will come. And there will be people who will be saying, I should have listened. I should have left the cities while I had the chance. But it's only gotten worse since then. I've complied every step of the way. I've done everything I was told, and it still hasn't gotten better. And now my kids are on the line with the mandates in California, but I'll just keep doing what I'm told. Eventually, things will turn around. Wow, talk about sunk cost fallacy, gambler's fallacy, all rolled up into one, and the internet's Einsteinian insanity that if I keep putting my hand in the fire, eventually the flame won't burn. But people just keep doing it. Now, I didn't say life was easy. I didn't, see, I didn't say accepting these realities would be easy. Uh, on the contrary, it'll be the biggest challenge you've ever faced. But still, I see many people moving to New Hampshire, Free State Project, many people moving to uh, West Virginia, saying, I'm going to go somewhere where my values are, are, are respected. And in the meantime, it's all just getting worse with them screaming in your face. Everything I told you, my friends, was true. From today.com. Fall may bring more grocery shortages. Here's what to expect. Wow, that's a really amazing headline. You know why? Because it was several months ago, I warned all of you that food shortages were coming. And it doesn't mean there will be no food. It just means there's going to be shortages. So you'll still be able to eat. I'm not not saying Americans are going to starve. No, but there's going to be empty shelves. Certain things you want, you can't get. And that's going to get worse. And it may come to the point where you're eating substantially less. The price is too high. Food is harder to come by. But the mainstream press wasn't talking about it. Some local outlets, you know, local affiliates were saying, hey, look, there's a shortage in the area. That's weird. And then I said, how come I can Google this and pull up all these different smaller jurisdictions? But where's the national story? It's finally here. I'm impressed with the Today Show saying just this just a week ago, grocery shortages are coming. Now we're learning the U.S. Postal Service is slowing mail delivery and hiking prices. My friends. You know, they say that I'm pessimistic, that it's a black pill, that it's, 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 you know, you watch this and it's just constantly getting worse. I'm not making these things up. I'm not writing these stories. And we're actively building culture to help people get away from that. We launched the new show, youtube.com slash tales from the inverted world. It's like true crime, murder, mystery, uh, paranormal from a skeptic perspective, but somebody who wants to believe. Shane's great. 
These are stories that we love, and it's fully produced, 10 to 20-minute episodes with sound effects. And we make shows like that and Cast Castle so that you're not just inundated by the, the collapse when you go to TimCast.com. But look, a couple of years ago, what was I saying? Man, the Republican polling is looking good. Oh, the Democrats are seeing an uptick in here. And it was news that was just like, here's what's happened. Oh, man, who's going to win? Nobody complained. It was a black pill back then. But then something changed. People are chanting F Joe Biden across the country in massive stadiums. The economy is in flames. There's there's the, the people who run the global supply lines are warning it is collapsing before our eyes. The M1 money stock just show people the uh, Google M1 money stock fed and show that chart to people and be like, some doesn't seem right right now, does it? But then go ahead. Ignore me. Say it's all wrong. And then while well, next time you're going to the bathroom and you get followed in by protesters, you can be like, did something happen to our country or better yet? When you're on your knees licking the feet of the cops and the establishment and Dr. Fauci is like, you're doing good. You're doing good. Lick my boots, you scum. And then you'll stop and think to yourself, hmm, did I always used to lick feet? <laughs> you didn't. Man, this country used to say, don't tread on me. Now, as of lately, it's mostly just saying, tread on me, daddy. <laughs> it's funny that there was such outrage among the center and the right over Dr. Fauci saying that it's time to do what you're told. There was such outrage. But now, when I come out and tell people, you have to resist and stand up for what you believe in. They're like, you can't, you can't say that. That's not fair. And I'm just like, yo, you're being told. They're taking your freedoms from you. Even Jon Stewart, he's got that new show. He said, freedom isn't free. And that means everyone's got to capitulate to the state. I'm like, that's that's not that's not what freedom is. It is, you know, like, no, freedom not being free means we have responsibilities and it's not always going to be easy. And we do have to make hard choices. But freedom being free didn't mean that the government had a right to mandate something your doctor would recommend against. When we talk about how this country vaccinated for polio and measles and all this stuff, the MMR, measles, um, mumps and rubella. Yeah. And maybe the doctors were bad, but we stand on principle and say this. Look, me, people are like, Tim's, Tim's a shill. He says this, that, or otherwise, but he claims the vaccines are safe. It's like these people, you guys operate on the assumption that I secretly think vaccines are unsafe or that that's what everyone thinks. I don't. I think they're mostly fine. There are stories of, of adverse erections, very serious ones. And I certainly think the media, you know, doesn't want to report them for sure. Twitter apparently was like fact-checking an obituary. But... I overwhelmingly think they're fine. My issue is the authoritarianism, being forced to get one. Your doctor could say no, and they say, we don't care. That is wrong for a business, private or otherwise, and for the government. So it's just, I, I look at this and I, I, I see the F Joe Biden chance, and that gives me hope. It does. Seeing so many people in New York capitulate makes me sad, and it makes me scared that if people are unwilling to stand up for what they believe in, the rest of us will fall because the center won't hold. But I guess we can just stay vigilant, refuse to back down and see how things play out. But I will tell you, my friends, I have been to way too many businesses in blue cities driving to D.C. So many people there are like, hey, Tim, big fan. Appreciate what you do. Thanks so much for standing up, you know, for us and for these ideas. And then I'm like, why aren't you? Well, many of you are. No, no, no. But 
to those who aren't, why did you cave and give in? You know, for someone to come to me and say, I, I support you, I agree with you, and I, I will, you know, but I won't defend you ever, and I won't publicly speak out. I'll just nod along. But then when the enforcers come to mandate me and make me lick Fauci's feet, I'll just do it. I'm like, look, appreciate the kind words, but actions speak louder. And that's what it really comes down to. To all these people who are like, Tim doesn't get it. I, I don't accept the people who would come to me and say they support me, but I watch them bending the knee. I'm only where I am because I was willing to sacrifice everything for what I believed in. I was willing to be homeless on multiple occasions. I was willing to lose my job. I worked at Disney, for heaven's sake. And I said, break my contract. And you know what? If you believe in yourself and you stand up for what you believe in, it works out. If everybody just stood up for what they believed in, it would work out. But too many people don't. Too many people are saying, just follow the rules, everybody. Sometimes there's strategy that I get. Sometimes there's not. But you know what? For now, I stand in solidarity with those people at NASCAR and the Jets game. F Joe Biden. Don't you agree? Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Luke Rydkowski is back in the castle, so he'll be joining us. The new studio is being set up. We had to do some cleaning. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see y'all uh, tonight, 8 p.m., youtube.com slash timcastirl. A few days ago, some statues were unveiled in New York City. John Lewis, Brianna Taylor, and George Floyd. Amazing. Already, the George Floyd statue has been vandalized by a man skateboarding, carrying some kind of paint that he splashed onto it. And boy, is this one trending. I guess that's it. People are saying, oh, no, it was vandalized. A lot of people on the right are criticizing it. And you know what? Last week, we had Shane Cashman on Timcast IRL. He is the host and writer for the new podcast we launched, Tales from the Inverted World. Definitely check it out on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, etc. But he made a really good point about what's happening in New York and other places. He said, New York has already seceded from the union. And I thought about it. It's actually a really good point. We, we look at secession and, and collapse and civil war and conflict as though it's this hard line where someone in New York will come out and say, I hereby declare, as if there's going to be a proclamation of secession. When in reality, the bonds, the threads that connect these cities and these jurisdictions to the rest of the country are just snapping one by one in more of a soft secession. So what we have here today in this story is two major aspects of a soft secession, a cultural divide so stark, so clear that you do not recognize what these people, who these people are or what they represent, but also the law straight up saying some people are not allowed here in direct violation of constitutional rights, uh, non-discrimination laws, and more importantly, just it's a legal action with the vaccine mandates that says straight up, if you do not have this medical procedure, you can't be here. And as you know, there's a strong correlation between vaccination and political affiliation. I will say this, however, there are many people in New York holdouts that said they wouldn't you know, get vaccinated, that were refusing. And they're caving one by one. Even um, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with the NBA player Wiggins said he wouldn't do it, tried to get a religious exemption, and then ultimately just caved, as it's being reported, because, you know, the millions of dollars was worth, more, was, was worth more than any concerns he had, or, you know, the money was just 
more valuable than his values. But I look at what's going on. I look at people fleeing. I look at New Hampshire, West Virginia, Texas, Florida, and my friends, the union is already broken. Okay. Now you can say that in 1860 or whatever, when a bunch of states were like, I hereby declare that, uh, yeah, you had a hard declaration of secession from the union. Right now, it's like, imagine there are 100 threads that connect every state to every other state. And each of those threads represents something from culture to law to people, community, churches, religion, etc. And there's a bunch of different threads. For New York, almost every single thread has been cut. And there remains only a couple to the point where you don't even want to go there. You don't even want to live there. In fact, you cannot go there. I was watching this video. I saw, I saw a viral trend, George Floyd statue in Union Square, uh, you know, vandalized. And I thought to myself, why is there a statue of George Floyd? And I'm sure you asked yourself the same question. Many of you did. When I was growing up, um, we looked to people of, of great significance, sometimes not good people. Abraham Lincoln did a lot of good. He also did a lot of bad. And that's reality. The one, one of the greatest things and one of the most morally good things he did was fight a war to end slavery. But within that moral good was authoritarianism. And we cannot respect the authoritarianism. However, sometimes we recognize the world is nuanced. It's not absolute. So when Abraham Lincoln said that we are going to you know, suspend habeas corpus, we're going to go after uh, these, these secessionists, and we're going to shut down slavery, it was a good thing. Now, I suppose there are a lot of people who would say that Abraham Lincoln wasn't truly intent on ending slavery. It was just preserving the Union. But the North fought against the South because of something that was morally repugnant. Today, we don't have such a thing. Perhaps there may be one such thing, abortion. And you may see red states saying we will not allow blue states to carry out these atrocities. Perhaps. I'm not entirely sure people in red states will muster up anything other than leave us alone. And I mean... You know, it's 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 hard to know exactly how it will play out. The past American Civil War was very different. The it was it was well, I guess it was still Democrats that wanted slaves, and now it's Democrats that are you know pro-abortion. But anyway, I digress. We tore down, and I say we because there used to be one country. Statues of Abraham Lincoln, and that's why I bring him up. Statues of Abraham Lincoln, I believe it was in Boston, were taken down. The Great Emancipator, a statue that was paid for by former slaves and their descendants and their, their, their children, saying that this was the man who removed the chains and brought them to freedom. The statue was deemed offensive and taken down. Hans Christian Hegg in Wisconsin. A young man, well, a man, I think he was, was 30 or so, who fought for the North to end slavery. He wasn't even American. And he did so because slavery was wrong. And he died. He gave his life to end such a disgusting practice. They tore his statue down too. Frederick Douglass, an absolutely brilliant and amazing American hero. I can only imagine what someone like Frederick Douglass or his, his mother and father or his friends and family would say if they knew the level of importance this man would have in American culture. At least he used to. Now, to those of us that still love America and believe in its ideals because it's greatly improved the world and greatly improved the lives of so many uh, different groups and marginalized groups, we still recognize Frederick Douglass. But on the left, I think it was in Rochester, 
They tore his statue down and they put up a statue of a drug addict, George Floyd. I can certainly empathize the family and friends of George Floyd and be sad over his passing and wish we didn't have to have a system that included these things. I'm not going to pretend to be smart enough to know how to stop something like what happened to George Floyd. But come on, the guy was chewing a speedball behind the wheel of a vehicle. He could have killed someone. Heaven forbid it was a child or, or, or anyone. I mean, anyone. He was sitting outside in his car chewing on a speedball which is a combination of drugs. And they found it. And he resisted. And it's sad that all of this happened, but it did. And they build a statue for him, but they destroy Frederick Douglass. Probably the most insulting thing I have ever seen. And so a man in New York said he was going to protest. Now, it's interesting. Paint is it violence? Well, violence is not just uh, causing harm or damage to a person. It's also to property as well. So this is, yes, violent. It's vandalism. I'm not a fan. I, I, I think what we need are people to step up and show why they oppose these things. And I mean, sit-ins, nonviolent civil disobedience, but the right doesn't do it. Instead, you know, you'll get one-off incidents like this. So while I can certainly respect a, a protest that doesn't harm people, I'm not a fan of vandalism. Granted, it's just paint. It's very different from smashing out windows or tearing out fences or starting fires. Still, you know, look, when I see Antifa going around smashing up things and destroying things, people are allowed to have statues. If the people of New York City want their statue of a drug addict criminal, so be it. And if the people of New York will tolerate the destruction of our honoring of Frederick Douglass, then so be it. The point stands. New York has already seceded from the union. Soft secession, as I said, maybe a bit hyperbolic, maybe a, a bit bold to state. But when Trump supporters can't go to New York and buy themselves a hot dog, then maybe you need to realize this ain't part of the country anymore. Think about it. You want to go to Canada? Guess what? You got to have a passport. You want to go to New York? Guess what? You got to have a passport. I don't care what the difference is. When there is no freedom of movement, then we're dealing with borders. And if the borders have emerged between states, well, there you go. Joe Rogan performed in Madison Square Garden. Uh, the other, I think it was the other day or, or the day before. Massive. I'm not sure it was sold out, but it was just massively full. And I am absolutely not a fan. But you can see here why freedom is losing. Throughout history, freedom is won. This time around, freedom is losing. Now, maybe what happens is that freedom is constrained to the point where there's finally a bursting at the seams, and then freedom wins. Take the American Revolution or the Civil War. Freedom loses for a long period of time, then eventually wins out. Maybe that's the path we're on. Watching this video from Joe, and, and, and I'll say this too, uh, look, I, I consider Joe Rogan a friend, and I think he's one of the most important figures defending freedom, and there's only so much he can do trying to hold back a boulder. But looking at that video from Madison Square Garden, where you have what probably looks like tens of thousands of people all cheering for Joe, all being forced to get vaccinated to participate, and Joe, who in all likelihood, at least according to the mainstream press, uh, is not vaccinated. 
Um, I, I don't know his status. I mean, I guess people are, are uh, the, the official reports, I should say, are that he is presumed not to be. But to be someone who comes out and says, I oppose this, it's wrong. Joe Rogan put out a video talking about the path to tyranny that went viral. He was criticized for it. So I can respect him standing up and pushing back. But then to do this show at Madison Square Garden in a state that has, has basically seceded. You take a look at their culture, statues of George Floyd, destruction of Frederick Douglass. And I know people are going to be like, upstate is very different from the city, Tim. It was Rochester, okay? So I get it. The rural areas maybe, but your, your state is dominated by Democrats, and they, of course, have already drawn a line in the sand. And, the, and it's coming soon, too, because it's not just New York City, Chicago. I mean, I know people, I'll say this for Chicago. I hear people say it's split. Some people are like, it's fine. It's not as bad as other cities. Some people are saying they're getting out. When people have to flee their state because of the policies and the dramatic shift in culture, I think it's, I think you got to realize it ain't the same country. It is not the same country. We do not have the same heroes. I can go to West Virginia and walk into a bar and see an American flag that, or, 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 or a flag that says Trump on it, and it's got a picture of Trump drawn in a way that makes him look physically fit, riding a tank, which is dramatically different than a statue of George Floyd. And you know what? When people put up those flags and people put up those signs of George Floyd, I feel similarly. The difference? George Floyd was not an American president who fought to protect our borders, who helped bolster the economy. But for all of Trump's problems, they're still not building statues. I know the left will point out that silly golden idol at that, uh, I think it was at CPAC, I can't remember, where it was like the silly golden Trump. That was over the top. Absolutely ridiculous. And I certainly think so. And here we have a golden statue of George Floyd. Again, the difference. If you want to praise Donald Trump, you know what? I get it. He was a president. You might not like him. There were a lot of crummy presidents. Woodrow Wilson. Hey, people put him up on an idol. Well, Donald Trump was a bad, was of bad moral character, but at least he was an American president. So the silly memes about him, I get. The George Floyd stuff is legitimate. They, they. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Look, I, it doesn't matter what I or you think about George Floyd or Black Lives Matter at this point. What matters is we know they believe something dramatically different than what we believe. People on the left will say that you or I are radicalized. When in reality, you or I are upholding this, the traditional values, and I don't mean all traditional values or conservative values. I mean America's traditions and history because we believe in it. Why? Uh, it helped end slavery. Uh, it granted civil rights. It granted gay marriage. And it even given, uh, gave women the right to an abortion. As much as conservatives don't like it and pro-lifers don't like it, for some reason, they sit back and respect the process by which these things happen. Why? Because the American system of governments has three branches and is a process. And even when losing, conservatives respect it. 
for the most part. It's amazing to me because I was I was I was like, imagine being someone. Let me let me let me pull up some of this. I'll tell you this, man, this this look at this photo. I feel really bad for this woman. COVID-19 vaccine mandate now in effect for NYC educators. That's a sad picture right there of that teacher feeling like she's going to lose her job. Ma'am, I do not know anything about you. I don't know who you are, but come to go to Florida, New Hampshire, West Virginia. Come down here, man. Get out of that city. Get out of New York. Wake up to what's happening. You can leave. It is a massively distinct culture. And people in New York City, as much as they say they oppose this, are bending. So what you need to understand is that as the culture changes in New York and these other states, these blue states, California or whatever, you're seeing it's being pulled harder and harder to the left. Now, the right isn't moving that far right. I'm actually a fairly liberal person. I just believe in freedom more than authority. So the real divide isn't so much left as right as it is libertarian versus authoritarian. But there are still some nuances in what that means. Some people are national. Some people are globalist. But I'll put it this way. If I'm going to move to West Virginia and I'm fairly liberal, then it stands to reason that West Virginia might actually become more liberal, which is bad in a lot of ways. However, more libertarian, which is good in a lot of ways. Now, of course, there will be a culture clash between conservatives and the more libertarian minded individuals. But with the rise of the Mises caucus, they're pro-life. There still are pro-life, pro-borders libertarians. They believe the nation should have borders so that their ideals can be protected and that the government, if it has any job, at least one job, it's to protect life. In which case, that people should be allowed to do whatever drugs they want to do. There should be low taxes, things like that. Smaller government, but some things are you know, more important. The people in New York City, who are saying they oppose the vaccine mandates, but then getting the vaccine. I don't believe actually oppose the vaccine mandate. I'm sorry. You just look. If you truly were against it, if you said in my heart of hearts, I know this to be wrong, you'd be like, this is a line I cannot pass. But what we're actually seeing is that for many of these people who are willing to say the vaccine mandate is wrong, but I'll comply anyway. They're what, what they're really saying is, I mean, maybe I might think it's bad, but I do think a system that would threaten you to take away your livelihood, put you on the street and take away your unemployment is a better system to uphold than to oppose. That's it. I mean, no, no, no. Seriously, think about it. You're being told either you get this, whether you want it or not, whether your doctor gives you an exemption or not, whether your religion dictates or not, you must get it. Otherwise, you will lose your job and you will not get unemployment benefits that you pay into. Basically stealing your tax revenue. You would say for these people that when it came down to it, they ultimately got the vaccine. Upholding that system is better than opposing it. And that goes for Joe Rogan, too. Again, Joe Rogan's a massively influential and important person fighting for freedom. But Joe Rogan stated whatever the penalty was for performing at Madison Square Garden, it was more valuable to uphold a system of medical segregation and vaccine mandates than it was to impose it for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, Tim Dillon as well. I am not going to sit back and uh, ignore what people are doing simply because they may have power or wealth. I may know them. No, I don't play tribe. I don't, I, and I'm not going to, uh, I, try, I try to give uh, praise where praise is due to even people like AOC, but I will give criticism wherever it need be. And I will say this. I think one of the most devastating things Two very devastating things we've seen in terms of the fight for freedom 
NBA, a Golden State Warrior player, Andrew Wiggins, receives vaccine after being denied religious exemption. Now, I'm not going to pretend that this guy is the most staunch anti-mandate guy, but he, among with others, have been staunchly anti-vaccine mandate. He tried getting religious exemption. Apparently, he said, "Okay, whatever, he'll just do it. So this shows that even among those who are like, yo, I don't want to do this, they don't have the wherewithal to resist the machine when the machine comes knocking. I'll tell you this. I oppose the vaccine mandates 100%. And if it ever came to a point where YouTube demanded, if I got an email from YouTube right now that said, provide proof of vaccination or we delete your channels, I would say, delete them. I would say, have a nice day. Because I do believe that values are more important. Now, one of the most heartbreaking things was Joe Rogan. I know it's hard. You know, I mentioned this before. Maybe Tim Dillon and Joe Rogan had contracts that if they broke would cause them serious harm. Maybe, uh, you know, for, for Tim, I'd imagine it was much more difficult because he's nowhere near the level of wealth as, as Joe Rogan has. But the Joe Rogan one, I, I, I don't understand. You know, I, I don't know for how much he would be on the hook for if he canceled the show at Madison Square Garden. I don't know how much money he made, and I don't know why it was worth it. I really don't. Joe is one of the most famous people on the planet. He has one of the biggest podcasts in the world, if not the biggest of all time. He basically created the vodcast, uh, um, revolutionized it. I don't know if he was the first. I think Tom Green. But, uh, well, no, no. I think Tom Green did a home web show. But I think Joe Rogan did this podcast, Hangout Discussion Format, live. He pioneered it. He's worth tens of millions, if not substantially more than that. He's... I don't see you getting more famous than Joe Rogan. And of course, you could always be more rich, I suppose. But man, to be at that level of wealth and fame and to be such a staunch opponent of vaccine mandates and then to say, but it's not enough. The principle of opposing this, my feelings towards it are not strong enough for me to say no. Ultimately, I would rather support that system. Joe Rogan may have been one of the biggest along with like Foo Fighters and whatever bands play at Madison Square Garden. But he is, he, when Madison Square Garden in New York City mandate vaccines and someone as famous and, 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 and well off as Joe Rogan says, I will be the tool by which the state and the city are able to convince people to undergo this medical procedure. I have to wonder if Joe actually opposes vaccine mandates. The, the reason why I say this is what I mean by this. If you say something is wrong and it shouldn't be, if you have the means to survive while resisting actively, but you choose to uphold that system, to play into it, to be a tool of it, I, I genuinely wonder if it's just on, on the surface, you know, on the surface, Joe looks at uh, the vaccine mandate and says, that's bad. People shouldn't be forced to do this. I mean, I don't really care one way or the other, I guess. I'll go and perform these shows. See, I wouldn't do that. You can go to the suburbs. There's venues outside of New York and around it that don't require vaccines. It is what it is, I suppose. Long story short, the story of this man vandalizing the George Floyd statue is more than it appears to be. And maybe less, right? Maybe maybe I, I shouldn't exaggerate too much. We have a story of a man who showed up and threw paint on a statue. Fine. I think people are allowed to have statues. I think if the leftists want a statue of George Floyd, they're allowed to. I also think I'm allowed to be disgusted by it. I think you're allowed to be disgusted by it. And I think we're allowed to point out that when you have a city 
with with mandates that are going to cut out large portions of the country from going anywhere near there, from going inside and, and, and using their services or businesses, unless you're rich and famous. Because again, operating under the assumption the media is correct and Joe Rogan's not vaccinated. Look at that. The rich and famous are exempt from the rules that they expect others to operate under. And Joe said he would give uh, uh, refunds to people. And I'm, uh, me, I'm just like, I'm surprised by that. That's not good enough. Refunds? How many people were like, I really want to see Joe. Okay, I'll go out and get that vaccine. So if you oppose the mandate, don't create reasons for them to get it, especially when you're exempt. That's that. I'll, I'll put it that way. I am not the most optimistic person in terms of saving this country and its freedoms. I do think that with the soft secession of states like California, when California said we're a sanctuary state in immigration, they told the federal government, you have no clothes. That was basically a soft secession. They, they, psh, federal government can't do anything. So see you later. When someone like Joe Rogan, who is probably the most prominent and loudest voice still standing on the line defending freedom is not vaccinated and then goes to New York City where he is exempt and the people in the audience are not upholding not just the mandates, but also the divide between the powered and the powerless. That makes me very pessimistic because of all the people who I thought were going to be like, I ain't playing that game. It'd be Joe. Look, Joe does a lot of good. Okay. And so there's a challenge. Joe shouted out Jim Brewer recently, and Jim Brewer said he will not perform at uh, venues that mandate vaccines. And maybe that's Joe's way of, you know, you know, uh, sliding something positive like, hey, guys, support Jim Brewer. He's a good dude. He's doing the right thing. But I just still don't understand. You know, I can understand that Joe's in a privileged position and he's able to hold a certain line, but he moved very far. Two of the biggest complaints I have in all of what's going on is the Hunger Games style elite exemptions, which Joe is, is privy to, and Tim Dillon and any other performer, and the, the authoritarianism. You have wealthy elites who impose authoritarianism on the masses and exempt themselves from it. And Joe walked right into that one. It is what it is, you know. I absolutely still think uh, Joe is one of the most important and uh, individuals defending freedom. But that was kind of like a it, it, it almost feels like someone grips your heart and squeezes it. You know, the feeling that even the people that are, are you feel are some of the most vital would give in in this way. It's like, man, are, are we really going to lose this one? Are we? Is that it? I'm not going to pretend that Joe is like the some, you know, warrior, activist, politician or anything like that. Certainly there are some Republicans like Rand Paul who fight every single day for liberty and stand up for this stuff. But culture is the most important thing. And that's why we're working hard at TimCast.com to make culture. We've got uh, we've launched the new show, Tales from the Inverted World, which we rolled out the first episode, the introduction, and we've got more episodes uh, coming out. Plus, we're going to have the members only conversation. And this is a paranormal mystery investigation. It's not political. We got another show that's going to be 100 percent culture. It's not political. It's a pop culture show. It's going to talk about movies, video games, and there will be cultural politics in it. But it's going to stay a bit away from the political stuff, because I think making culture is the most uh, effective way to try and fight back against the authoritarianism. 
It's a hard battle, my friends, because you have people who are just willing to give up and give in people I know. And it seems like we are losing because some of the people you, you you'd think would believe in freedom. And I'm not trying to just single out Joe here. There's many other people, man, they give in every single day. I guess I'll save some of it for the other segments, which I have uh, coming up soon. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. over at uh, over on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. If YouTube sent me an email requiring me to submit my proof of vaccination, otherwise they would block me from uploading or outright delete my channel, I would not do it. I would say no and then get deleted because I believe mandates are wrong. I believe that if you're someone who says you oppose the mandates, you think they're wrong, but then you go out and actually support them, the system in which they are placed or to keep your job, you capitulate to the mandates. I do not believe you actually oppose them. I think you just dislike them. And perhaps you're having a semantic argument here because there's a lot of people who say, well, you can oppose the mandates, but still be in the system. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I, 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 I do not agree with that assessment because I believe opposition means more than just passively being like, that's bad. Like, I don't say I oppose cilantro. No, I don't like cilantro. Well, I eat it if I have to. If I was like, I am in complete opposition to cilantro in guacamole, and then someone said, well, the guacamole we have has cilantro. Well, that's fine. I guess it's not a big deal. I'm kidding, by the way. But here, here's why I say this. From the New York Daily News, just 10 violations so far under New York City's vaccine mandate for businesses. 10. 10 violations. Do you know what this means? The system has no enforcement capability other than regular people saying, well, I oppose the vaccine mandates, but I have no choice because if people actually did oppose it and said, nah, they can't enforce it. Too bad. We have a whole bunch of people wanting to make excuses. But Tim, you oppose YouTube censorship and you're on YouTube. Who did we just have on the show a couple weeks ago? Alex Jones, Steve Bannon. Oh, no, but they're censored banned individuals. But that must mean I don't really oppose censorship. Or it could mean that I'm operating a YouTube channel where we are platforming many people who have been censored and using it as a platform to bring people to TimCast.com and other people's websites as we promote all of their shows, including Alex Jones's website. Pay attention. Pay attention to what it means for strategy and nuance. If you say you oppose the vaccine mandate, it's wrong and it's the road to tyranny. But then you announce you're going to be going and soliciting New York City where you are exempt from the mandate. I don't believe you. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. So I tweeted about this and a lot of people are tweeting at me. And I think for the most part, a lot of people are between a rock and a hard place. This is what you say to me. And I don't care about anybody else. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just one guy. When you say I am opposed to this, it is wrong. It is tyranny. But I'll submit to it because I would like some goods, please. What you're really saying is that you just don't like having to make the exchange. Me, I completely oppose irreversible, irreversible medical procedures mandated by the state because an individual needs to talk to their doctor about their medical history. But we're not talking about individualism. We're talking about collectivism, the overt, hardcore, authoritarian collectivism. And you have individuals who are unwilling to band together in many respects, or at least they're not willing to band together in, in the same way the left is. And that's why they lose. Because when it comes down to it, you'll see all these NBA players. You'll see these celebrities, these comedians. They will say it's wrong. We can't do it. But, you know, for me, I'm willing to make that exchange. OK, I'm not. These aren't identical. OK, obviously, people are like, what about YouTube, Tim? 
It's not the same issue. Certainly, and I've accepted this, there's, there's some criticism there we need, we need to suss out. Absolutely. There are some things we've had to cave on in terms of censorship to maintain the platform, notably the name of one whistleblower, which strangely isn't even against the rules, but it's a bit different. It is. It's not irreversible. It's not absolute. Imagine if there was a restaurant in New York City, and there are many, and they say, we are staying open and we will not mandate the vaccine. And then the city said, if you do this, we will fine you. Hey, wait a minute. That literally happened. And guess what? Only 10 violations so far. But hold on. There have been activists putting up signs saying we will not enforce this. There has been vocal, outspoken restaurant owners who have put up big banners in their window. No enforcement. So when I say certain things are like, okay, Let's say the guy held a specific event where he welcomed in people and called the city and was like very explicit. Well, then he'd be nuking his own business. If he says, I'm going to keep my business operating, I'm going to do my best to say that's a violation of the law and I'm not going to discriminate. And so be it. Let them come. Did they? They didn't. When it came to, when it came to Alex Jones, we got a strike and YouTube took the video down. And so I immediately, as soon as that happened, called Alex and Michael Malice and said, come back now. Can you come back now and do another episode? And they said, we can't do it immediately, but we can be back next week. So a week after we did another episode. And you know what? I'm going to be I'm going to be 100 percent straightforward about everything, because I'll get, one of the responses I get, people say, but Tim, you mentioned that YouTube said it was OK that Alex is on the show. That's right. I said, is it a bannable offense to host people who have been banned? And they said, no. And I said, okay, so we're going to have them on. They gave us a strike for no reason, none. There was no legitimate explanation. They wouldn't tell me what the strike was for or why we got it. We think we know why the strike happened. We don't know for sure. They won't confirm. And when I asked them, can we put up clips? They said, nope, I, I can't wrap up the episode. You cannot. I said, okay, then we'll do another episode. And guess what? The episode's up. And then we had Alex Jones on again. We've also had Steve Bannon on several times and Enrique Tarrio, chairman of the Proud Boys, who's, I believe, currently being sentenced to prison. So if I were in New York and I had a business, I'd be one of those people putting up a sign saying we will not enforce this. To be fair, I'd leave New York considering I already did. The point is, this story right here is the, is the hammer hitting the nail on the head with the hammer. If you would please just stand up for your principles, you'd win. But people won't. And I'll tell you this, other people will come out and make excuses for why they had no choice but to lose. Okay. The conversation isn't so simple. It's not. Some people will say, Tim, why don't you stay in New York and fight back? Why don't you stay there and say, I refuse this? Because bombs were planted. Because a black supremacist assassinated two cops in front of my house. Now, that is something different. You need to understand just because some things are similar doesn't mean they're identical. I respect the idea that people should stay and challenge the system and try and make it better. At the same time, I wonder why it is that so many just capitulate to the exchange they claim to oppose. I just sorry, that's just me. Everybody has a different line on morality. There's something you need to understand as well. A lot of people bring up, for instance, uh, civil rights, gender segregation, for instance, well, back in the day, many of the same arguments for racial segregation are applied today for gender segregation. And there is a 
Interesting question about where that line is. On the left, they say there isn't one. If the law says you can't discriminate on the basis of sex, there cannot be two distinct bathrooms on the basis of sex. And that's an interesting point. It is. Back in the day in the Civil Rights Act, they would argue that the different races were different. Therefore, they needed different spaces. They're not identical arguments, but they're similar, and they bring up many moral questions. There's a lot of questions in the, uh, uh, if you take the moral foundations uh, test about incest. And if we allow marriage because it's consenting adults in the privacy of their own home, there are a lot of questions there. We have moral lines. For me, it's something simple. Censorship is bad. It's really, really bad. Okay. But there's weight to, to what's happening. Do I oppose censorship? Yes, which is why I'm willing to host Alex Jones three times, Steve Bannon twice, and we'd love to have Bannon back. Actually, we'd love to have him back to talk about the Arizona audit, which is something I could use assistance with because it's hard for me to track and understand. We've already had a lot of these conversations with Matt Brainerd, for instance, on the show. Matt Brainerd, of which has said very bold things, which cross YouTube, well, which presumably don't or could. I don't know. The point is, YouTube could ban me at any moment. They say, oh, sure, fine, this person's fine, and they give us an arbitrary strike. I risk getting suspended getting for a week and getting, uh, uh, and getting our streaming shut down, which would end our live show for one week on that, on that second strike. Or I'm sorry, we got a warning because you get a warning before a strike. So I, correction, it was a warning. They took the video down for a community guidelines violation, gave us a warning. One more strike meant a one week suspension of our show. And I said, I'm gonna have mine anyway, because I'm not playing that game. Do I need to say the name of whistleblower? I really don't. It doesn't do anything. It has no big impact. The story's not in the news cycle. I covered it extensively. So what? Do I need to host people like Steve Bannon? Yes. One of the most influential political personalities right now who's still in the news cycle, and I will. And we tell them, be careful because we are treading on thin ice. Does that mean I am giving everything up? No. If you were running a business and you were letting people come in in opposition to vaccine mandates, I would say you have my respect. If you were running a business and there was a speakeasy operating, I would say, okay, it's not about me saying you should violate the vaccine mandates. One, I do oppose them. It's about me saying, do you truly believe in what you are saying when you oppose them? I will never buy cilantro. I despise it. There is no circumstance in which I will. There's not going to be a moment in which I'm sitting in a store and they're like, well, you know, it's the only vegetable we have. I'd be like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want cilantro. It's not nutritionally dense. It's not going to sustain me. And I think it tastes like garbage. It does not taste like soap. I don't know where that, that, that's not me. I just don't like it. So I, and, and I still, I, I don't even say I oppose it. I dislike it. You know, like I said, if somebody ordered guacamole and it's in it, okay, fine, I'll eat it. I'm still not going to buy it myself. No, but what I think is, and I can respect this and understand it. Those that disagree and argue are between a rock and a hard place. It's a very, very difficult decision to risk your family, your safety, security on what you truly value and believe in. And you may say, I value the safety and security of my family more than my freedom. You are allowed to say that, but just say it. I happen to value freedom more than security because I learned a long time ago that those who would give up even a little bit of security for, uh, give, I'm sorry, give up a little bit of their freedom for temporary security deserve neither and will lose both. And there's variations on the phrase, but typically giving up your freedom does not result in you being safer, nor for your children. 
What's really happening, I think, is many people are saying, I don't want to be first in line because eventually you will lose these resources. And I'm just I'm not here to pander to anybody. I don't care if you tweet at me all day and night saying I'm wrong. If you're right wing or left wing, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. If you give up your freedom, you will lose your security along with it. It's called the Great Reset, they say. There's food supply shortages. How much longer do you think you're going to last trying to live in this overpopulated, crowded, crowded, dense city? Crowder. No, Crowder's a good show. I meant crowded. You think you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be able to exist there forever? Fine. Do whatever you want. But I think many people are just lying to themselves. You're willing to bend the knee to the state who is stripping away your rights one day at a time. You know what's happening. The pattern is only getting worse. Do you think capitulating on your principles will result in them finally stopping now? And I see this story and I'm like, yeah, I know. Just 10 violations. Why? Because the police don't want to enforce it. Because it's almost impossible to enforce. The only people who are enforcing it are the people who run the businesses. And I've said this before. It is the mom and pop shops. It is the stores. That viral video of the man sitting down, the black family, and they're like, show us your vaccines. Ain't no cops there. Ain't no cop forcing this guy to do it. And almost no one is enforcing this. Ten violations. It's laughable considering millions of people live in New York City. But you know what? No one actually wants to stand up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Many moved. I know we, we, we have people who work here who are like, I, I left. I won't do it. There are there. Uh, Jack Murphy, for instance, as much as we argued on this stuff about kids and he disagreed with me, still said, I will not hold my event in New York City where there's a, vac- a, a, a vaccine mandate. And I'm like, that's somebody who means it. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But most people in the city, without anyone enforcing anything, just gave in. Now, you mean to tell me that with only 10 violations so far, people have no choice? You mean to tell me that with only 10 violations, people truly opposed this? I'm sorry if I don't believe you. There is no evidence to suggest anyone who opposes this is facing any real risk to themselves or anyone else. They just said the threat from the government is easily enough for me to capitulate capitulate, and give up on my values. You can tell me I'm wrong. Fine. I'm allowed to be wrong. You're allowed to be right. And I'm often wrong. But I'm saying this. I lived in New York. I lived on a street where a black supremacist assassinated two cops. Literally, I look out my window and I saw the crime scene. The police told me I couldn't leave my home. I left my home anyway. I tried walking out the door and they stopped me as they were walking back. You can't come outside. It's a crime scene. And I went, okay. And then I went back inside, watched them pass, opened the door and walked right out. But I realized, you know what? I'm not going to live in a place where black supremacists are killing people. I'm not going to live in a place where the cops are trying to block me from leaving my own house. So I jumped the river, went to the Jersey side and said, at least I'm still within the city's you know, distance. And then bombs were planted in Jersey City and in Manhattan. And I said, man, 
there's no reason to be here. So I moved to, to the southern New York metro, which is Bayonne, still in Jersey, not Staten Island. On the Jersey side, I'm like, this is better. And it was. It was a good skate park. Skate park's actually pretty rad, small, but it's all right. It's got a good, good little mini section, mini ramp section, like a little half pipe. And then ultimately, I was just like, you know, being in the New York metro, it's still all the same thing. We're still, you know, we didn't go to the city all that often, but still, I see the riots. I see the chaos. We, we, I want to I move away. I was looking at just all the news and all the escalation. We went to South Jersey. Then COVID happened. And I said, you know, uh, I'm sorry, then, you know, uh, COVID happened and we were worried, but we were like, you know, whatever, we'll just make sure we've got enough food and things might get bad, but the riots happened. And so then I, we, we ended up here. We're, we're in West Virginia, Maryland, Virginia tri-state area. I'll leave. And some people say you shouldn't. They say you should stay and vote and change the system. And that's actually a coin toss for me. It's true. It is. Or should we build like-minded communities that, you know, support each other? In New York, it is, in my opinion, a losing battle when only 10 violations has resulted in millions of people dropping to their knees. Now, I think most of the people in New York support this. 100% they support it. So then there's only a small faction of people who don't. I believe the media is lying about the percentages and the polls. I don't trust them, especially when you see this. Take a look. 3,700 substitute teachers needed ahead of vaccine deadline. Yet people aren't getting it. They don't want the vaccine. And that's resulting in a shortage. I'm hearing tons of anecdotes, people posting messages across the Internet saying my hospital is now short staffed. We were already facing uh, labor shortages. Well, of course, the vaccine mandates will result in some more, uh, a bit more drop off. How much? I'm not entirely convinced. 18,000 shots given to New York City school employees ahead of vaccine deadline. The mandate is the first full vaccine requirement for any group of city workers and affects well over 150,000 teachers and staff. Full vaccine mandate, meaning two and possibly a booster moving forward. We'll see. 18,000 shots. They say I oppose the mandates. Okay. They say I would never do this. Okay. Then the time comes and they say, I don't want to get fired. I'll just do it. Only 10 violations for businesses, but every business did it. I have always felt this way. I remember being younger, and I've told you this story. I had friends who are servers, and they were like, they only pay us two bucks an hour. It's not fair. And I'm like, well, you get tips. But still, if, if, we don't, if they don't get tips, they're mandated to pay minimum wage. We should get paid more. Have you considered asking your coworkers if they feel the same? Yeah, they all do. Have you considered then saying, because we all feel the same, we can all walk off right now? Oh, no, I can't do that. I'll lose money. Okay. What we're really talking about is a scale of its, it's weight. How much do you value one thing over another? When I say, what I mean by I oppose something, it means that to a great deal, I am unwilling to compromise because, the, because accepting what I oppose would, I just, it's a line I can't cross. So when I say I oppose vaccine mandates, if YouTube came to me and said, send us a copy of your proof of vaccination, I'd be like, I'm not going to do it. It won't happen. When people say they oppose the vaccine mandates, and then at the last minute, just say, oh, OK, fine, I guess I'll do it anyway. What they're really saying is, I understand what they what they say when they say they don't like the vaccine mandates, but they're not opposing anything. They're not opposing it. They're literally saying, OK, fine, you win. But people don't accept it. And I think the reason they don't is because people don't want to face the harsh consequences of what they claim to truly believe in. The founding fathers of this country did. 
and they were wealthy. And it's funny when the left says they were wealthy white landowners. Wow. And they were willing to risk all of that. I think it's funny when people are like, easy for you to say, Tim Pool, you're rich. Oh, yeah. Easy for me to say when I was 23 and homeless, when I walked away from my apartment because I said, I value freedom. And I gave up the security of my apartment. I was busking. I was playing guitar for, on the streets for money. And you make decent money. And I said, I'll just do this wherever. I'll do it wherever. Okay, fine, you say. You have no kids, Tim. You're right. I don't. I do have about 30 employees who I hope realize exactly what it means when I say I have a red line. And if we get banned because of it, we'll see how that plays out. Perhaps it's not the same as having kids. That's a very fair point. Your kids, your blood, you know, everything that matters to you. And you'd give up your life for them. Employees, not the same, but still a responsibility. So I won't act like they're the same as children. That, that would be ridiculous. But I do have people who rely on me and who would face very serious hardship, potentially not being able to eat, should the line be crossed on YouTube that results in my being banned. But when I say I oppose them, I oppose them. Now let's talk about other mandates. A lot of people have said, you know, what about masks? You wear masks. Oh, I know. I went to Micro Center the other day to buy equipment. I wore a mask. There's a difference between for 20 minutes, we were in a store wearing a mask, walked out, took it off. It's not permanent. It's not irreversible. And I don't need a doctor to tell me I can wear a mask or not. I got to wear a shirt too. It says no shirt, no shoes, no service. Okay, I get it. I wear a shirt anyway. Do I want to wear the mask? I don't care to. But it's like 10 minutes. That's why I've never thought it was a big deal. Vaccine mandates are very, very different. I want you to imagine like submitting to someone saying, regardless of what your doctor thinks, inject this irreversible treatment. Again, I think the vaccines are fine and safe. And that's where people come in again. They say, Tim, you can oppose the mandates, but not the vaccine. And I'm like, right, I'm not talking about those people. There are people I know who I have on the show who got vaccinated because they wanted to. That I respect. I'm talking about not even the, 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 the vaccines or the mandates. I'm talking about you and your principles. Do you say, I oppose this? And then go and, 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 and give into it? I'm like, no, you don't. You just agreed to it. That's not opposition to anything. Okay, you can marginally criticize it, but if you're agreeing to the system and playing by it, I do not see that as active opposition. I see it as criticism or disdain. There are people I'm talking about specifically that come out and they're like, I refuse this. I will not do it. And at the last minute, walk in and get the vaccine because they're scared of losing their jobs. What they've said is the exchange of goods between you, the exchange of an irreversible medical procedure that I oppose for goods, resources, money or comfort or security is a valuable trade. I certainly don't think it is. The body, my body is the only thing I have. I don't drink. This is another thing people don't realize. Like, I, I don't drink. I maybe will have a sip to taste something, perhaps, but I don't drink. I don't smoke. No tattoos. You got one life to live. Treat your body with respect. And, you know, I didn't. I'll say this. I ate average. I used to eat very average. And I thought about a lot of this stuff. And I was like, how? how, how? I need to look more into it and eating better. And so I've been adding more vegetables and mostly doing keto. Now, keto is, it's difficult to know what's right and what's wrong. And I don't know if keto is better or worse, but I do know that I've cut out junk food, processed sugars, bread. It's a very paleo diet. And man, I just feel a whole lot better. I feel amazing. So let me just say this. I want you to ask yourself a question. If you opposed the vaccine mandate and then decided you wanted to go to a show so it was worth getting, were you actively opposing the mandate or were you agreeing to it? 
if you oppose the vaccine mandate and were holding out and said, I don't want to get this, and then your job said, well, you can be fired. Do you really oppose it when you say, I value my access to resources more than this position? I think people need to understand like the, the math I'm trying to point on. Point two, there are two doors in front of you. One of them is opposition. One of them is status quo. When I say oppose, I mean you actively say no. If you're faced with two doors and it's a very difficult position and your values would lead you to ruin or, or, or challenge or hardship, you say, I oppose the mandates, then you accept the consequences of your action. If you say, I would like to go through that door, but that door's just safer. Well, then you're not opposing it. You're walking through the door. You're agreeing to it. So look, I only ask for consistency and honesty and self-realization. Just say it. There's nothing wrong with supporting the mandates, even if you don't like them. You can say, I wish it weren't this way, but I actively have entered this system willingly, but they were coercing me. I say this, coercion, that's what people say. When I was living in Chicago and I had this, this nice apartment with a bunch of roommates, I had, I had to want for nothing. I mean, I wasn't rich by any stretch of the imagination, but I had enough to pay rent, to pay the bills, to skate every day. And I was like, I could go on for a long time doing this. And I thought to myself, this is not the way. Sitting here is not growth. It is not progress. It is not good for me. But if I leave and try and find something better, I'll be risking everything. And I looked at those two doors and said, I'm going to walk through the one that could leave me sleeping on a beach because the risk be damned. I believe something right now. I oppose a sedentary life of sitting here and just coasting by. There needs to be something else. Otherwise, I'll never grow. I'll never change. I'll never improve. And so I found a rideshare, drove some guy's car with a couple other people to California, San Diego, took a bus up to Los Angeles with a backpack and a couple hundred bucks and said, I'll have to figure it out. And fortunately, I didn't have to be sleeping on the streets. I had slept on the streets in Chicago. I had risked homelessness because that was a door I, I said I am willing to go through. Here's what it is. And this is where I absolutely respect it. When someone says, I am willing to capitulate to the system and undergo an irreversible, irreversible medical procedure I oppose because it means my children will have food. Well, then you're sacrificing for your kids. And that I understand. And you can say, I oppose them, but I will do this. In the end, while I can certainly understand and respect the ideals behind that, I will tell you this. If you are willing to give up your freedom in exchange for security of anyone else, you will lose both. The libertarians seem to get it. But I think there's a lot of people who are just, I don't know, scared. And I get it. What do you do when you lose your job and they deny you unemployment? It's tough. It is. Life's not easy. And they'll say, it's easy for you, Tim. You're wealthy and you have no kids. And it's like, you need to understand, did I get here because I was risk averse or because I was willing to take any and all risks necessary to find what I was looking for? This is the mistake people make. I get people saying this all the time to me. If I had money, I'd be successful too. 
I went to Occupy Wall Street with uh, a cell phone I bought for like two or 300 bucks. I worked at a job. I saved up. I slept on a couch. I bought a cell phone. I went to Occupy Wall Street. I had a backpack with some savings in it and clothes, and I slept outside almost every single night. And I filmed and started live streaming. If you're unwilling to, to, to do what's necessary to succeed, if you, you know, if you don't have the time or energy, that's fine. You don't have to. I understand. But you should understand this about my philosophy because I say it all the time and it's not going to change. If you don't want to take the risks, just say, I don't want to take the risks. I prefer the security. I absolutely could have just stayed in Newport News, Virginia, hanging out. I almost bought a skate park back then. Yeah, things were going well. I was like, I'm going to get a skate park. We're going to make it work. I can run this thing. I started filming some skate videos and then I saw Occupy said, no, that's amazing. And so I took a risk and I went up and I had nothing but a phone. You can do whatever you set your mind to. It's just hard. And a lot of people don't want to accept it. They assume that they should just be able to walk out the door, discover it. People think they'll start a YouTube channel and be making hundreds of dollars per day. When I started my YouTube channel, I was getting like two or three dollars per day. I saved up money working for Disney. Okay, that, that's the path that led me on. I knew that working for Vice and Disney after going independent was going to allow me to make a salary, which I'd save up. And I saved up almost every single penny. I slept on a couch while I worked at Vice filming these documentaries. I went to Disney. Now I had an apartment. Hey, I saved almost every penny. And then when my, I tried to break my contract because I didn't believe in what they were doing. So I didn't produce much for them because I refused to violate my principles. I broke a very lucrative contract. Well, I, I sought to break a lucrative contract, but they held me to it. So we didn't produce anything for the most part. And then the contract ended and I left. And I used that money to start a YouTube channel. And I thought to myself as I was doing it, I'm like, I'm losing money every single day. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pulling savings to pay the rent. I'm pulling savings to pay my bills. I had to get, you know, a, a root canal. And I'm like, man, am I going to run out of money? What am I going to do? I'm not going to pull my ship off course. And then five, you know, two or three dollars a day, turn into five dollars a day, turn into 10, 20. And then I remember one day I was getting like, I saw the first $40 from one day. And I was like, this is it. This is it. We're going to pay the rent. I stopped pulling from my savings. It was hard watching my savings dwindle, no retirement. And then I pulled out of the tailspin, reversed course. And then over the past two, three years, things have started working out better. You don't have to live like me. You don't have to like me. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe and trust in what I say. And you don't have to respect my opinions. Absolutely not. That's never been what this is about. But I will tell you this. I will not back down. When I see something, I will say it. I will express my opinion, regardless of who is telling me I'm wrong, be it a conservative, a liberal, the IDW, or otherwise. Because I think I'm right. I think I can be wrong. I think I'm wrong often. But in this regard, I say I'm right. And if you think I'm wrong, just comment, tell me. And that's part of the conversation. I believe we're all individuals. I believe we are all made equal before God. We all have the, the same in, inherent rights, inalienable. And that means I am not an elite who should be exempt from the rules to, to flout them. I should not be allowed to go to New York City and fly in a private plane and perform at venues without a vaccine mandate or a mask. Yet that's the rules as they stand now. Why will I not go to New York? I'm exempt. You know this. For one, I can fly in a private plane. No mandates for that. No masks for that. And New York says that you don't need a vaccine if you're a performer. I could go to New York right now and do a big event. I will never do it because I don't believe in it. I would much, much rather lie on my back in, a, in an open field in the middle of nowhere, staring at clouds, 
knowing that it's all over. I've lost the fight. My values have been destroyed. And even after only 10 violations, we have watched millions drop to their knees. And I accept it. But I will not give in. We'll see how that goes for me. Next segment will be at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.